The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, January 31st, 2018, season 13, episode number 101. Welcome to another edition of The Break. I am Derek Eagleton, and we're here live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Feels like it's been a little while. Two weeks feels like an eternity in the offseason, but uh, happy to have the crew back here. We're talking Cowboys football here with you guys for an hour. It's Super Bowl week. So at some point in this show, we're going to nail everybody down on Super Bowl predictions and uh, see what these guys think is going to happen Sunday for Super Bowl Sunday. Um, And then we'll probably get into, I know we will get into some Dez talk. I think that's going to be interesting. Dave had a little tweet yesterday that kind of sparked my interest a little bit. So we're going to talk a little bit about Dez Bryant. um, And we'll start uh, in the the show at some here at the uh, the beginning, talking a little bit about some coaching changes that have happened. Um, How's everybody doing today? Doing great, Derek. Good. Good. Great. I saw Dave's tweet and I decided to hold myself and save it for the show. Oh wow! I was okay. gonna reply to Ooh. it, but I'm like, yeah, I'll just wait till tomorrow. Ooh. We go getting into this. I mean, we're gonna get into this. Okay. I, we're not gonna get into it right now because we got a couple things we need to hit first. But we're definitely gonna get into this. I want to talk about this, Des, because me and Nick had some interesting conversations too. I think Nick has some interesting opinions there okay. on Des Bryant. Uh, so not not that everybody in the in the whole country that's a Cowboys fan or otherwise ha- doesn't have an opinion. There's a lot of people talking right now about Des Bryant. Good point. But we'll jump into that conversation. Before we do that, though, uh, catch me up on some news around the coaches. We've uh, heard some reports now. Of course, we got to make it clear the Cowboys have not made an official statement on any of the coaching changes. Um, and Expecting so, them to do that sometime around May. I think. Yeah, I think at some point they'll yeah. get around to that and say it's a good good time to maybe introduce everybody. But it, I mean, if, just if history know. serves correct, they they typically like to do it as one big thing, right? They make one big kind of introduction. Uh, but what? Tell me yeah, about the, the latest. Okay, well, that, that's saying, what they do. Just but that's dumb. Okay, so that's not a, you're not announcing anything. Yeah, I mean, well, that's yeah. just I don't know why they do that. Everyone you probably it's probably should be called an introduction. Yeah, not an announcement. Not, it's not, an introduction. Yeah. Please, right. I, please don't send a press release to say that they <laughs> they've signed or they've added Paul Alexander, who's had probably <laughs> and Rich Bisacci is no meals. longer here, type thing, right? Yeah, yeah. The, I don't know. Yeah. I don't It'll know be an introduction at some point where they'll introduce to the media, but officially here are our coachings, our coaching. But our our, our listeners know what's going on that they follow. So the the latest stuff is just that they've um, unofficially officially. Announced that uh, Ben Bloom will be the linebackers coach. It sounds like uh, Keith O'Quinn will be the special teams coach. Yeah, yep. That leaves one unbelievable coach to coach Jason Witten to be the eighth tight end coach for Jason Witten. Mm. I was joking around, I guess yesterday when they announced. So I mean, that's those are the final two hires that we don't have a pretty good idea of. I mean, Jerry Jones said that they have an agreement with Kellen Moore in place, but he wouldn't say what. Your guess is as good as mine what it could be if it's not quarterbacks, Coach. Um, yeah. So, realistically, there's one vacancy left on the staff, which is tight ends. And Isn't it clear, Jason, that you really don't, are the coach and you don't really need a coach? I was about to say, I was, we, uh... I was joking yesterday. I was like, would anybody even like bat an eyelid if they just were like, just keeps nodding. we're just going to have Jason Witten. Give me a player coach. We're going to have him be the player coach. Like Has that happened in the NFL? I don't know. Basketball. I'm sure it had to happen back in the day. I don't remember anybody other than Pete Rose ever being a player coach. Bill Russell. 
Tattoo? Yeah, Bill Russell, yeah. Um, Did you I mean, say tattoo? Yeah. Dallas sidekick's great tattoo, player coach. Okay. Because I, I was like, I he you lost coach. me with tattoo. I had no idea. <laughs> I, I didn't know where that was going either. <laughs> but yeah, okay. Now you, now you, I'm back All with right. you. MLS. I would, like if they were just like, yeah, Jason Witten's going to be uh, <laughs> tight end one and coach. And he's going to teach Hannah and Swaim and whoever else, and Rico and whoever else is here. Uh, and that'll just be it. You know how the coaching's going to go. Do what I do. Um, yeah, and I would just that's be it. like, just I, do what I do. I would just be like, yeah, that's fine. I mean, okay, like, who are they going to bring in? I mean, who's who are they bringing in that you're just like, well, this is this is the authority on tight ends right here. I mean, that's more of an authority than Jason Witten. Probably be some, yeah. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't care at all if Jason Witten was the player coach. That doesn't need to happen. That would be interesting. Listen, it does not. No, it does not. I'm, I'm sure saying, they will hire a tight ends. Coach absolutely. At some, there'll point. be somebody that stays up till midnight and gets here at five a.m. and cuts up tape and runs the practice. That and should all that. not be. He Jason. doesn't have to do that. That should not be Jason. What do you guys think about those hires though? How do you feel about those hires, one way or the other? Happy for Keith O'Quinn. Uh, I think he's he's definitely paid his dues, and and he's you know he's done a lot of things. I mean, when you think about what makes Will McClay good, as Milt Will was a coach, and he was a coach that now is into the the player personnel role that understands what coaches need. And I think Keith O'Quinn, you know, it was kind of the other way around. He was in the scouting department for a while. And now he's been a coach, and so. You know, he's been bounced around different positions, so it's a good opportunity for him. And I guess the same could kind of be said about Ben Bloom, right? He's put in his dues and been here quite a while. He's been in – he's put in quite a bit of dues in a variety of places. I mean, I think he was – he's done He's done a little bit of special teams. He was, like, special projects. He's a defensive end coach a couple years ago. He was – Rob uh, Rob Ryan's the one that brought him here, right? Yeah. Yes. So he's been – I mean, he's been putting in – so what, what's that, As, seven years? I won't quote everything Rob Ryan said because he wasn't always flattering towards Ben Bloom, but he, you know, but he said there are smarter people in the world. They just work at NASA. That's what that's he what he said about Ben Bloom. Super smart guy. I think he yeah. went to Tufts. Yeah. Uh, he had kind of a six legs roller coaster of a coaching. I mean, there was some time when it didn't look like he was even going to be on the staff, and there were other times where it looked like he was the rising star of the staff. Yeah, he was the young guy that, that you expected to but send to the top at some point. I didn't expect him to be on the staff this uh, this next year. I don't know if he did, and now he's position coach for the first time. So, you know, great opportunity for he's him. he's worked with linebackers before, but it was in a three four scheme. His buyer will tell you that they went to uh, two linebackers made it at the Pro Bowl that year. He worked as an assistant. I don't know if he was helping DeMarcus Ware make his seventh Pro Bowl or whatever, but... Well, I, if there's a position group hey. where he's going to... Uh, another, uh, If you told me... If you told me that they were like, well, we're just going to make Sean Lee the linebackers coach, I, again, would not really bat an eyelid, so... Yeah, but you still are developing some young guys, Jalen Smith being one of them, that you got to take some time with, right? Yeah, which I I mean my point being there's there's a guy in that room who can help him a lot in Sean Lee. So, and I don't know, we'll we'll see where it goes. That's it's it's interesting. It's interesting the way that they did all this. Like a lot of in-house promotions and then a lot of like really far outside help. I mean, you know, yeah. Chris Richard is expected to be secondary's coach and passing game coordinator taking over the Matt Eberflus role. Recruiter. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Sanjay Sanjay Lal is your new receivers coach. So like they they went and and Paul Alexander. I don't remember if we've talked about him because it's been a minute since we've been on the air. But again, a very established offensive line coach coming from Cincy. So like a lot of established guys coming from other places, and then a lot of just promoting your own. So it's well, like a little bit of mix and match. But the thing is, it shouldn't surprise you the promoting from your own because it 
it still seems like their overall objective here was to keep continuity. And some of these coaches that they lost were not coaches they necessarily wanted to lose. They were coaches that got other opportunities and decided to take those other opportunities. I, I would mention like Eberflus. Was Eberflus a guy they necessarily wanted to leave? He left because he had another opportunity. They very right? much wanted him to stay. Right. And and you can talk about him. You can talk about Basaccia. Did they want to get rid of Basaccia? He's obviously yes. already has a job. But I'm just saying he already has a job. So we don't know if it was kind of a mutual uh, thing or were they trying to get rid of him? I don't know. You tell me. Well, I mean, if they, if they didn't want to him to go they didn't have to let him go i mean he he wasn't he was under contract understood so, that, but that's also a thing of okay so do you keep a, a coach and it's you know you have then a disgruntled coach i mean they've done that before and, it, and as soon as the guy was able to leave he was out the door right jerry classified it as the right thing to do which i mean right. yeah i mean it's you know john gruden is an old friend of his and they've worked together going back a ways he helped them win that super bowl in tampa but doesn't it suggest that he doesn't really i mean they were he's gonna sleep well at night that rich basachi is not here like he's Who, not Jerry? yeah i mean yeah and you, don't get me not wrong missing him. They, they're not that's I, what he's I, and thinking. i wasn't saying i wasn't saying that they that they were trying to push i'm what not my question him was, out the door well, yeah and that's my question that doesn't want to be here right right I, it's it, it's mutual parting of ways he wanted to go and they're like yeah, we, we can live. We're okay. We can live if you go. But I guess the overall point, though, is I think there were two or three coaches that it, at least it looks to me like they were not situations where the Cowboys were trying to get rid of them as much as it was Cowboys just decided you want to go somewhere else, we'll allow you to go somewhere else, or their contract was up and they had the right to go somewhere else. I just think what they did, they did just enough to keep me on the fence. Like I'm, I'm very intrigued and and excited by the hiring of Chris Richard, who was the defensive coordinator in Seattle. Absolutely, coached a lot of great players there. You would imagine he's going to bring some new ideas. And maybe. I mean, all right, I'm just, not, I'm not going to go there, but you know, we'll see. Tampering, Derek. What have <laughs> we'll we learned see. about it? We'll see. We'll see. I'm intrigued to know and see if we really see some changes, because I think well, we'll find out exactly where the problem is coming from. But then again, they could go to the whole thing, well, it takes some time to get adapted to this new coaching staff and everything. That's, I guess that's where I was going to go is I'm intrigued by a couple of those things. You know, Paul Alexander coming from, from Cincy, he's coached some really good offensive linemen up there. I mean, they had, you know, Kevin, Kevin Zeitler is currently the highest paid guard in football coming from Cincinnati. Zach Martin's probably going to top that, but... Um, but then, you know, as bitterly disappointing as last season was, they were just like, well, we're going to keep a lot of these guys that were a part of that and just give them bigger jobs. I mean, you know, yeah. and, and I, I'm not saying anything. I think a lot of fans agree with that. And I think it's a fair criticism, which if they had done nothing but that, then I would be alarmed, but they did just enough bringing in new faces where I'm like, all right, let's, let's see how it goes, see how this goes. But We'll see. I mean, that's that's pretty much where I sit with it, which, like I said, there's there's two or three hires that really intrigue me. And then there's a couple where I'm like, OK, fine, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about Des Bryant. Um, this week, there have been a couple of different statements that have been made in the media that that kind of kept that conversation rolling. The The one I thought that was most interesting and that will kind of center our conversation around was one that Michael Irvin former wide receiver of the Cowboys, Hall of Famer, Ring of Honor guy, uh, one of the more decorated players, definitely wide receivers in the history of the Cowboys. And here was this quote about Des Bryant. You don't find number one receivers hanging off trees like leaves. So what are you going to do? Let Des go. Um, who you got to replace him? You don't find them this easily. And the Cowboys would be stupid, stupid to let this boy go right now. Dave, that, 
I saw the the reason why I thought that I wanted to bring this up on the show is because I then saw you you tweet after this tweet uh, that it sums up your feelings and not to put words in your mouth. So I'll let you kind of talk about it. Tell me what you like about this statement and and how it kind of um, can, kind of wraps up your thoughts on on Des Bryant and what the Cowboys should do with him. Well, I think I've said it a number of times on a variety of different platforms that look, I know he had a bad year. He had a year that is not. Uh, you can't justify his salary based on that. All that good stuff. I, I know all that. I'm not trying to, to convince you that Dez was actually good last year. Um, but I do think in the grand scheme of things, he is better than anything you could realistically hope to find for this coming year. And I think trying to get rid of him gives you a problem that you don't currently have. Like, I mean, you look at the landscape of this team and you say – uh, we need a we need a left guard. We need better depth at tackle. We need to figure out what's going on with our linebackers. Could always use pass rush help. Could need stand to improve the safeties. You have a number one wide receiver right now. I'm not. I know he was disappointing last year, but you have a guy who can shoulder that workload. And taking him off of this team makes your wide receivers as as disappointing as he was. I think it makes your wide receiver core immeasurably worse. And it gives you a hell of a job of of replacing him right now. Maybe, I mean, in the long run, sure, you can do that. But I'm talking about in 2018, I think your wide receiver core is noticeably worse if he's not part of it. Nick, you agree, disagree? Um, I, I just think it's, it's on the table. This is late January, and I, I'm still looking at all options. Um, I'm going to ask him to take a pay cut because if he was making not a lot at all, and had a blow-up season, he'd be asking for a raise. So he is making a lot of money. He's the third-highest-paid receiver in the league. He had a, a, a year that was in the 25th, pretty much ranked 25th across the board in all three major categories. So I would ask him to take a pay cut, actually. He hasn't really lived up to the, to the contract for the last two uh, two seasons now. So, But I don't, I don't know if you'll... I don't. I mean, I don't know if he'll he'll get that. I mean, I don't know if he'll he'll agree with that. But I'm just looking at all options. I want to see, maybe you know, can you draft someone? Maybe can you do free agent? Maybe something's better. I mean, I I don't. I understand what you're saying about if he's not on the team. I mean, it's probably worse, unless you throw that money into another player, you know, from another team. I got a couple things that I you tipped me off that we were going to be talking about this. Like I I brought the thunder today. Like I'm ready to talk sure. about this. Sure. One. Well, before, before, but real quick, before you get to that, though, I want to let Amber kind of sound off on whether she agrees overall with that statement or not. Well, I mean, I do agree that you can't just get rid of him when you don't have anybody else lined up. But the thing is, here's where my problem comes from, from the statement that Michael Irvin made, the saying you guys need to kind of back off on this and let's wait till next year, reload again and give it another shot. Well, you can't say that. And that really bothered me because you wait a whole year to play 16 games with the hope of a few more than that. But again, it's not a game that you, a season that starts every four months or so. You wait so long to play for this little amount of games and then it's not that easy to like, oh yeah, let's just give it another shot. No, you guys need to figure out. But the complicated part, it just goes again with the whole thing that you can't bring someone else. And then even if you drafted a guy, you would want a veteran here and someone that has that kind of experience and knows the team. But I just more of the fact that I do agree with him 
probably needing to be here another year is just uh, what bothered me was that second statement that Michael Irving gave. You can't back off of this. Well, that I mean, that's the beauty of football, though. Like, we spend so much time, we spend 85% of the time talking about it and 15% of the time actually watching it because right. there's 16 games. Less than 15%. It, it gives you... It, it forces you into tough situations like that. And, I mean, is that not what's happening with the coaching staff right now? I mean, you're like, hey, it was a bad year. We're going to reload. We're going to try this again. If next year is bitterly disappointing, you think the changes will be as minute as they were this year in the grand scheme? Probably not. Yeah. You're probably making wholesale changes if, you know, if they don't make the playoffs or if they have a losing record next year. I don't think that's a stretch to say. Uh, and I, so I look at it similarly with Dez. I mean, you, you chalk it up to – you chalk it up to a crap year across the board, and you try to reload. Okay, and I see. The, and so I'm, I'm basically saying I, I see Michael Irvin's logic in saying that. I don't like Michael Irvin's first line. Number one receivers don't grow on trees. Okay, well, there's 32 number one receivers, obviously. So yeah, I mean somebody's got to be the number one receiver. But then we're talking about the third highest paid receiver in the league, and 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 it's not he's not producing anywhere close to that. That's the issue. And you know, I've never heard the term Des friendly. I've heard Romo friendly. I've heard Dak friendly. Let's make these this offense friendly to help this quarterback. I don't know if Des is Dak friendly, and and I, I'm not sure that he is. And I'm not sure that it, it's best for for Des to be with Dak. But, but they're clearly saying we want things to be Dak friendly. They're going to center this thing around Dak. This is and this is something I meant to bring up your last statement and it's something that's been bothering me for a week since Jerry and Steven brought this up at the Senior Bowl. Am I am I crazy? Like I just feel like the world is just choosing to lump Dez's 2016 season in as like this bitter disappointment. He was good in 2016. He did not put up numbers befitting of his salary, but he is not playing in an offense that puts him toward that. He knew going in, this is a run-heavy team with a rookie quarterback, and he went out, I think he missed three games. What did he, he caught like 50 balls for 800 yards and eight touchdowns. He made clutch plays down the stretch in the second half. Long touchdown against Pittsburgh. Was one of the only guys who delivered on offense against Minnesota. Put up something like six or seven hundred yard games and went off in the playoffs. I mean, he had 130 yards and a touchdown against Green Bay in that loss. He played well. His numbers do not show that because he's playing with a rookie quarterback. But to lump 2016 in as oh, this is well, you know why? You know why that's happened. The reason why that happened is because it's sandwiched between two years that weren't very sure. Good, I, right? no, and, and, and so that's why when you look at and when you compare those three years to the three years previous to that. There yes. is a stark contrast, and I think that's why people are starting to say, well, maybe you're getting the downside of Des Bryant in the last three years. Even though I agree with you, in 2016, you he had a good year. You can't defend 2017, and it's I mean, it's an excuse to say he was hurt in 2015, even though it's true. But Those... everyone had a good year in 2016, well, yeah, basically. Yeah, three. but again, that's the kind of energy that bounces off of each other. Now you got a year that your running back goes out, and you— are you're counting on the receivers to kind of help out this offense and the number one receiver doesn't do that I mean that's a problem and you can't blame it on Dak I mean I get that Dak yes he's not perfect and part of it was you know he didn't play 100% great I agree but one of the things that I see okay you go into the second year you had training camp you had all those practices that you have during the week out there on the on the field practicing with each other 
and you still don't see a progress between the two. You still don't see that connection. And take away the fact of all those plays where Dak didn't throw well. The ones that he did, still, it was Des. He couldn't, as a receiver, he couldn't do the job as a receiver. I would argue, though, and that's another thing. You know, we talk about how bad their chemistry is. It looked fine in 2016. I mean, maybe it wasn't it wasn't as good as it was with Tony Romo. Tony Romo's a... Which is to be expected. Exactly. Right. So don't even come at me with that, because if you expect Dak to be on that level right now, I don't want to hear it. Like, the blueprint for the way this team operates changed when Tony Romo lost his job. It's right. not that team anymore. And by the way, you signed Dez to play for that kind of quarterback. So, no, this contract is not great. And... It would be wise to probably try to get out of it maybe next year if his play doesn't improve. But I think it is what it is. And like I said, I think with all that stuff being said, this is a team that's built a very specific way. There is a very specific way for this team to win. And losing your running back and your left tackle for a significant chunk of the season drastically altered that. Again, not trying to say Dez played well, but... I think you have to take all that stuff into account and just saying he's crap. All right, let's go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, I think we're going to change the conversation a little bit because I think there are really two questions here that we need to answer. Number one, is this team really worse off if Des Bryant is gone? Because I think we need to look back to those three games where they missed him in 2016 and see if maybe that gives us some perspective. And then the second thing is if you really believe they have to replace him, are there better options out there specifically in free agency that you could bring in if you're going to pay top dollar should you be paying top dollar maybe to a better option? I think those are the two questions we got to answer. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas in football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having Thanksgiving without the Cowboys. Basically, we wouldn't recommend it. So next time you have a tailgate, home gate, or whatever else kind of gate, grab some ice-cold Dr. Pepper for you and your friends to enjoy. It's a Dallas Cowboys tradition. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the second segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking about Des Bryant. 
Uh, some interesting thoughts, uh, I guess, in that initial segment. What I wanted to do is I want to focus in a little bit on two specific things. One, um, Michael Irvin kind of made, and I think actually, Dave, you made this point that uh, you, you feel as though with Dez being gone, there would be a big gaping hole left without him. Whether it's the production or not, there's something that you're missing if you don't have him. I want you guys to discuss for a second the three games period in 2016 when Dez wasn't here, uh, when he was out uh, injured. And if you look at those three games, I went back and pulled some of the numbers. They won all three games. Cowboys were 3-0 and in those three games. Dak had uh, 247, 227, and 245 yards in the three games, had a total of six touchdowns and only one interception. They played pretty well. Terrence Williams was the leading receiver in two of the games. Zeke, which was the big story, played out of his mind, had 157, 134, 138. But when you start thinking about how this team was constructed, and Dave, you kind of mentioned this as well. Who, who, who are they beating here? They beat uh, Green Bay at Green Bay, which was a big win, I think. Uh, and then they beat Cincinnati at home, and then they beat San Francisco in San Francisco. Which San Francisco, you know, whatever. Yeah. Cincinnati, probably whatever. I, I just feel like you're, I mean... I'm just looking. I, the order is not. Yes, not, no. It was at San Francisco, okay. then at home against Cincinnati, then at Green Bay. Got it? Yeah. Well, I'm not missing right. that Cincinnati game. What they, happened in that Zeke game? Had, Zeke balled out. Oh, 134, two touchdowns. 28 yep. nothing lead. Yep. Yeah, right up, to that, yeah, yeah. up the gut, right touchdown. Keep away for the. But my, my point is that if you look at how this team is constructed, which you guys have all talked about, this team is constructed to be a running team, and maybe that means you don't need to have a high paid top wide receiver in order for this offense to go assuming your running backs in place and he's not out suspended for six games and assuming your offensive line is intact what do you guys think I think there's merit to that and like I you know Dez's contract is not good for this team in the long haul and I've said it a million times in an ideal world in my opinion you would go through this year as best you can keeping him and then seek to offload that deal next year because it's easier and more friendly to do um, I think there's something to be said for that, but again, that's great. They played, they played great in that three week stretch. I think I'm just, I'm leery about the idea. I mean, let's, I'm assuming Bryce Butler is no longer a part of this team in 2018 either, which he had a role in, in at least two of those games. He had a touchdown against San Francisco and, uh, and was big for them. That was his best game, 541 in touchdown. And he was big for them against Green Bay, too. He had a nice touchdown on that drive right before the half. So he played a role there. So you're basically – I mean, if if you're not keeping Dez, you're signing a mid-tier receiver replacement in free agency who, may, I mean, maybe he's better, maybe isn't for the money. And, and you're still – you're overpaying him, so you're still going to have to pay more than you probably want to. Or – you're drafting a guy who history indicates won't likely be ready to go from day one, especially with a rookie quarterback. And I've got some numbers to back this up, just in case you were curious. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't at work yesterday. I spent the entire afternoon researching wide receivers in the time since Des Bryant has been drafted. So going back to 2010, 250 receivers have been drafted into the NFL. 37 of them have made a what I would call a significant impact in their rookie year, which so my cutoff for that was 40 catches, give or take 600 yards, give or take five touchdowns, give or take 37 guys hit those. Marks. How many of those are first round picks? 12 of the 37. Okay. 
10 and and seven of those 12 were in the top 15. How many overall were first round picks? Like, that's what I want to know is like your, your total number of 250 something that were drafted wide receivers ever drafted. I'm asking how many first round wide receivers were drafted and then compare that number to how many of those were I can, I impactful can, players. I can answer that for you. I can't, I'm not going to do it on the air cause I would have to go through, okay. but thir- 37. So of the 37 guys who have hit that milestone, 12 of them were first round picks. Ten were second, so you're okay. you need to draft a guy high first or second, right? Yeah. And by the way, of the guys of those thirty-seven guys, uh, nineteen of them matched what you're calling a bad season by Des Bryant in 2017. Nineteen guys in the last eight years, right? But if you get if you get that production in their rookie year of what you called a bad season, your expectation is that that's their floor. Right. Sure. Right. But there's an eight percent chance you're going to get a guy who's capable of doing that in his first year. Well, we don't know that because we don't know if it's a first and second round pick. That's why I was asking the total number that are first and second round picks. Fifteen of the 19 are first and second round picks, even still. And I can go back and do this, but you're still talking. You're talking six second round picks out of probably 30 that have been drafted. And that's why I want to know. The numbers aren't in your favor is the point I'm trying to make. Then you go to free agency. Who you who you looking at? I got a name for you. Go for it. I think Jarvis Landry is a guy that you definitely should look at. If you talk about, can you, is there a way for you to take the money that you're giving to Des Bryant and what's wrong? Uh, nothing. This is where my contract that okay. I'm looking at. No. And, and cause I've here's got, the deal. I've here's got the deal. this too. I don't know, but here's the deal. You think about it from the standpoint of a guy like Jarvis Landry, if you sign him to a long-term deal, he's a 25 year old wide receiver, you sign him to a long-term deal. There's a way for you to get him for this year for relatively cheap. Right. Yes. That's going to count against your cap. So all that being said, would you rather have a guy like Jarvis Landry, who is a guy who has great hands, runs great routes that maybe adds that that extra little whatever you need in, a, in an offense where let's let's face it. What's most important in from a receiver, I think, in this offense is can you move the chains? And I think he is a volume receiver. He fits the bill. I think he checks a lot of the check marks of what would be a great receiver in this particular offense. You go and spend the money on somebody like that, then does that make make it more palatable to not have Des Bryant on this team? I absolutely despise the idea of cutting Des just to take on another seventy million dollar contract, and that's what it would cost. You're talking. Oh yeah, you're gonna have to pay him. No doubt about it. You have to pay him. Botrack.com puts his market value at thirteen point eight. And teams drastically overpay for market value all the time. Franchise tag is 16. Based on what Jarvis Landry's done in his career, it's understandable if he tries to demand 15, and it won't be surprising if he gets it. So you're cutting Dez to immediately take on a similar number with no guarantee that it's going to pay off based on what we've seen so far from your quarterback. However, I mean, you cut Dez this year – you save about eight million right. on your cap, and you could probably save more if you did the, um, if you d- cut them after June first or you know designate. But you that. can't use that money help you, on right? Doesn't harvest. Right yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't else. use it on that, yeah. but you you use it when you. That's when you pay Demarcus Lawrence and all that right, kind of stuff. Right, right. Uh, you can do Zach Martin after June first, also. Um, but but I you know I you also you, you got Romo's money that's counting this year as well. So I agree with your point about you front you backload the contract a little bit where you can kind of make that swap. And you're talking about a 29 year old receiver to a 25 year old receiver who runs better routes and is better a better fit. Like I see that 
part of it there. Because if you say you're going to save $8 million if you cut Dez, but what do you, I mean, what does Terrence make? $4 million a year? Something like that. 4.5. Okay, 4.5 as a number two receiver. So you gotta you gotta replace it somehow. So you're not really gonna save a lot of money. Right. I mean, that's that but, would be a bold move. But I I, I kind of can see the point because what this team needs is a better route runner, a guy that can adjust. And you know, if you're gonna keep Dez on this team, then Sanjay Lau, this new receivers coach, you need to put him to work. And and he's not if he doesn't take a pay cut, then Dez needs to spend the entire year trying to get better at running routes. That's just you wouldn't think that after an eight year career. But he needs to. So it's holding him back. Let me uh, let me ask you this. Y'all just outlined that so beautifully, and so I just <laughs> I feel like we're walking into a trap here. You're not you're not walking into like there. I mean, you can have whatever opinion you want. It's totally doable. The Cowboys have something like twenty million in cap space. Would you agree that they're not going to get a long term deal done with Demarcus Lawrence before free agency? Before free agency. Before the league year starts. Mm, probably yeah, probably not. It seems unlikely. Sure. I'd have no idea why DeMarcus. There was a report out the other day that said that they were trying to, that it might, but I don't know. Steve, oh, Stephen Jones said at the Senior Bowl that he wants to get it done as quickly as possible and not have to use the franchise. And if it does, it's, it, that means it's a very favorable deal for the organization. If you, and maybe I'm wrong, but if I'm DeMarcus Lawrence and I'm done with the Pro Bowl, I would sit in my house and not risk injury for anything and know that I'm either about to get a one-year $17 million payday or I'm going to hit the open market, and somebody might get really nuts. I have no idea why he would agree to a deal right now. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Maybe he will, but it doesn't make sense to me. So you're spending $17 million of your $20 million on Demarcus Lawrence for the time being. Assuming you don't get an, an extension done with Zach Martin right now, you can restructure Travis Frederick's contract to give you something like $6, 7000000 million. This is all coming from Spotrack.com. You can look at it yourself. This isn't... It's not like let me ask you this question real quick, just as a point of clarity. When you say you, you have that seventeen million against your cap, do you have to be under the cap starting with free agency? Um, once you tag, let's say they have to tag him. Once you tag him, do you have to have that seventeen million allotted against your cap? I believe so. That, yes, that's held. It has to be accounted for. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. Right. Even even if he doesn't sign his tender until till July, and you have to stay under the cap the entire free agency period. Like I thought, there was a point at which there was like a date with after which everybody has to be under the cap. I didn't know that there was like that was always you had to be under the cap. Is that accurate? You have to be under the cap by the start of the league year, yeah. right? And then your top fifty one salaries count, right? Got it. Okay, thanks. So. With all the finagling, and the Cowboys do this every year, it's not as drastic as it sounds, even if you have to carry the franchise tag. They can probably find a way yep. to free up about $10 million in cap space. Mm-hmm. If they were to get an extension done with Zach Martin, that would probably give them another 4 to $5 million. Like you, You're talking about as much as like $15 million in cap space. Right. Like you can do it, no doubt. And then that's not even ta- including cutting Dez, which would free up another eight. Right. So if you want to make a splash, you got the money. You can make the money to do it. You absolutely can but would you really do you, and maybe you do i hate the idea of doing all that work and then immediately tying myself to Jarvis Landry or Allen maybe Allen Robinson's your guy you can go get him for 13 million dollars a year probably a little less yeah i i don't love that and then after there there's a kind of a steep drop off after those two you got Marquise Lee there's not a lot of great free agents outside of those Marquise Lee and Paul Richardson who have never had 1000 yard seasons right. Sammy Watkins who's had injury issues right um, I hate the idea of turning around and handing that kind of money to one of those guys 
when I've already got Des Bryant on the I'm already overpaying a receiver. He's already been here. He's already comfortable. As far as I know, he gets along with everybody in the locker room, even in light of all this stuff. Yeah. I mean, if he left the team, who knows what would come out. But I don't have any reason to believe that there's some type of rift in the locker room. What if Jarvis Landry is that friendly? Because well, Des is not. The problem I have with Michael Irvin's statement about being number one is that how many number one receivers have defensive coordinators said, we'll give you Des. We'll give that to you. We're not giving you Beasley, and we're not giving you Witten. We're going to take away your easy throw, and we're going to make you have a hard throw. Um, that, to me, and I'm not saying that it's all on Dez, because I think Dak, that's where Dak... Dak can't make that throw consistently. No, that's where well, his, hasn't his inexperience has come into play. And I think when we talked all year, is his defense coordinator is going to figure him out? I think they did. I think they, they figured it out, and they won. They said, we will, we'll, we're not giving you these short throws. You have to go with these 50-50 balls. And it was about 50-50. He caught, what, 60-something passes? Dez, 69. Yeah, 69 passes. It was like 125, 130. So it was about 50-50 on every ball. And, you know, we, we call them 50-50 balls. The, the, the phase, everything was 50-50 with Dez. Not all Dez's fault. Yep. Dak, Dak still has to figure that out. But I'm talking about if they're making this Dak friendly, maybe Dez isn't anymore. And, you know, that's the interesting thing about this whole conversation. I think if Dak goes, I mean, I'm sorry, if Dez goes to another team with a more experienced, more accurate he will light oh, quarterback, he will light it up and have yes. a great year. This is not about Dez by himself. This is about, like you say, Nick, this is about is Dez a great fit for Dak? And that's why I don't know if that's accurate. Which, I think there might be, and that's why I bring up the guy, the name Jarvis Landry. I think a guy like him that that gets open more, has more separation, has better hands in my opinion, I think he might be a better fit for this offense and what they're trying to do, converting those third downs, moving the chains. I think he might just be a better fit than Dez is in this offense. I already. I think it's a knee-jerk reaction to say Dak and Dez just absolutely don't fit because I thought. I don't Dez, think anybody's saying that. I'm saying okay. I just. It, All right. That's what it's being suggested. All right. Well, I, we I never got to the other half of my hypothetical, okay. which is: Would you rather do all that finagling, maybe jeopardize your long-term cap by backloading another deal for another receiver, paying him seventy million? That's what it would cost to sign Jarvis Landry. Or would you rather just grin and bear it, hope that Dez can recover? and spend one of your first three draft picks on a receiver. Because that's, again, looking at it, that's where it says you have to find these guys. I think you still you still would spend a pick, one okay. of those top three picks on a wide receiver, whether you go out and get a free agent or not. If, and if that's – I just – I don't understand the point of putting new money and new deals with new years on the table when – so, all right, let's – you keep Dez. You just – you don't touch his money. You just leave it alone. You restructure Frederick because – Knock on wood, he's never missed a snap in his life. Uh, you can go get Juju Smith-Schuster, 62nd overall pick. You can get Cooper Cup, 69th overall pick. Sterling Shepard, 40. Michael Thomas, 47th overall pick. And then you got your freak shows, Amari Cooper, Sammy Watkins, Mike Evans, Odell Beckham. That's probably not realistic. Uh, Jordan Matthews, 42nd overall pick. Jarvis Landry, 63rd overall pick. You can find solid receivers you can find really solid receivers even as late as the second round. Bring them in here. Don't make them do it all from day one because very few guys have proven they can handle that. 
let him be the third right wide receiver on this team and if Dez doesn't recover or if Terrence doesn't recover hell you could cut them both next year and it would be way better for you but my thing about it is when you're talking about sticking with what you got I think that what we're seeing in today's NFL is that sticking with what you got gets you beat especially if your offensive or defensive coordinator is not creative enough to do different things with them than what you did before Um, you look at some of the teams now that have had success over the last several years a lot of them went out and they got a piece here, a piece there, a piece there that they added to a team that kind of pushed them over the top. We saw it happen with the Giants a couple years with their uh, a couple years ago with their defense. We saw the Denver Broncos do it. They went out and got three a player at each of the, each of the levels on their defense and it took their defense all the way to the Super Bowl. We saw the Eagles last year. They did the same thing. They even got a Jai in the middle of the year. All I'm saying is if you're staying the same, if you're going to say we're just going to roll out what we got, well, then you better be really, really creative with doing different things with those players. You can't do the same thing in today's NFL, I don't think, and be successful. The Broncos are a very rare example where they just they bucked the trends. I mean, they did. They went out and flashed a bunch of money and immediately were in three straight in AFC title games and won a Super Bowl. Well, but that's just three examples I just gave you in the last five years. Right? I, the, the Eagles... I don't chalk that up in the same like the Eagles took calculated risks that paid off. Alshon right. Alshon Jeffrey was a one year deal. Right. That's not what we're talking about with Jarvis Landry. How much are they paying for that one year? For eight million dollars. That was it? Yeah. They didn't give him money at all. I mean, they extended him this didn't year. They, didn't they get some free agents on their defense, on defense side of the ball? Timmy Jernigan. Timmy Jernigan was a trade for like a fourth round pick. Jay right. Ajayi was a trade for a fifth round get, pick. All I'm, saying, all I'm saying is they've changed up their team. So what are you going to, it's not just about the draft. I think you got to bring in some players and change it up or That's you're going to be in a you're going to be in a situation where you're doing the same things and I don't think that works. If you've got 12 million dollars on in on your salary cap, I'm all in favor of doing something a little more bold than signing Stephen Pia and Nolan Carroll. All right, all right, the elephant in the room. Would you rather just keep Des Bryant or would you rather let him go and get the safety? Get the guy. If the safety became available and Cowboys had an opportunity to go get him, when they, when they do changes, all the DeMarcus that Lawrence, Frederick, Zach Martin, all this stuff at the end of the day. If you got to make a choice between right. the two, I'd rather go get a, a safety, a really great free agent I'm sorry, a really great veteran safety than worrying about what I'm going to do with this. I'm not convinced that you have to choose between the two based yeah. on everything we just said. Maybe. In a rare circumstance, and for anybody that's not picking up what we're putting down, they're talking about going after Earl Thomas. In a if if Which all is not tampering because he went after Jason Garrett. <laughs> he went up to the whole team, <laughs> physically went after him and said, "Come get me if if it, they kick me to the curb." In a rare so if they kick him to the curb in a rare yeah. circumstance where he is available and he wants to be with the Cowboys, They'd probably get him for a good deal. The, maybe I don't know that I buy that, but if not a great deal, I mean, is he still going to get paid? But you can get him for a good deal. In he this, played Sunday. In this yeah, far, that's that's, it. Let's for, don't forget that. Yeah, and he'll bring that up in the negotiations. Oh, yeah. Earl, about Earl, Earl Thomas is from Texas and wants to, wants to be a Cowboy until the 49ers offer him double the Cowboys. Yeah. Like that's, but that's nobody's going to. They're not going to offer him. Uh, Why not? Remember, he played Sunday. There are some Pro Bowls. We're, ta- hey, we're talking about how ooh, the Cowboys are in good shape because they have $15 million in cap space. The 49ers have $100 million. They can throw whatever the hell they want around. Uh, so don't tell me it's not possible. Yeah. No, but but I'm, I'm still saying, though, I think there is something to a veteran player that already has a ring and him wanting to go and play for a specific team. I think well, that happens trade. a lot in the in a rare really In a rare circumstance. In yeah, Honestly, I would trade for I him. Think, I think that's 
a better scenario because then Seattle would, get something. It would out. have it would have to be something like this Alex Smith thing where he agrees to a new deal immediately. Yeah, I'm yeah. not trading no, absolutely. for one year. Well, absolutely, no, that's no. part of the deal. New deal. Um, in fourth, a rare fourth cir- round pick. Fourth round pick. They're gonna lose him anyways. No, they're not. He's under contract for a year. I mean, this. Okay, I would give a third. I would, okay, I would give a third. <laughs> I'm just I would, saying. I would, I would, I would and maybe I'm a homer. I would, when it comes to Texas I would give, I would give, sometimes, no, but I would give a third. No, a good Texas. And for every person that says, "God, you can get Jason Witten in the third, you can also you can get JJ Wilcox in the third, you can get Terrence. Are we going to play that third. game? Yeah, I mean, third and fourth. <laughs> I would give yeah. a third for Earl Thomas. I would too. Absolutely. Um, in a again, if it if it was between Dez or you can have Earl, I'd probably roll the dice and go after Earl Thomas. But that doesn't change my opinion that I think it's. It's knee jerk and and short sighted to just think you got to dump Dez sometime in the next three months. That's real. That's okay. We all have our own opinions of what we think should happen, what we want it to happen. But you guys all know how the Cowboys work. Realistically speaking, do you really expect the Cowboys to actually do anything about that? All right, hold right there. That's a good tease. We're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back, and I want you guys to answer that question. What do you think the Cowboys will do? In this situation, we'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas based Jack Black, is the number one best selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit getjackblack.com slash cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black, look good, smell good, feel Feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Back. To the break. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And Nick, why don't you take it away? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot, I forgot about, about that, that too, but I figured maybe we'd jump right in here. Yeah. Well, you don't forget about Tommy John when it's that time in the morning to put him on. Like, that's never a time. You might forget about him here in the end of the second segment to start the third, but you certainly. That's just because they're so comfortable, you don't think that they're there. Right. You don't ever think about them until it's time to put them on. Then you don't think about the rest of the day because they're so soft. You don't even know you're wearing any underwear, but you really are, mostly. So, so you need to shop exclusively. 
Yeah, most of the time, most people. Oh, I'd say mostly. Like, yeah, most, you only got like one leg in or something. Most guys wear underwear, I would imagine. I, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm... I don't either. Shop exclusive Cowboys underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. You get 20% off your first order. TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Tommy John. Thank you, Nick. Real, right. real quick. Yeah. I looked this up during the break because awesome. I told you I would. Thank you. Since 2010, 29 teams have spent a first-round pick on a wide receiver. 29 total. 12 of them, like I said, hit that 600-yard... In the first year. In the first year. And of those 12... That's about a little over half. I mean, a little under half. 41%. Of the 12 that did it, seven of them were top 10, top 15 types picks. So if you take the Cowboys pick this year, five guys drafted in that range have done that. So you're looking at a 17% chance... That your pick at 19 this year and one of them is ready to go immediately. And one of those guys is Des Bryant. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of mm-hmm. one of the five is Des. Which Demarius Thomas has to be another one. Nope. He had 300 yards as a rookie. Oh, you're talking about uh, guys who hit oh, years, yeah. 40, 40 catches, 600 yards, five six okay. touchdowns. See, that's okay, the other sorry. thing too. I, I, I was. That's why I, again, Pro Bowl. I guess my argument, like if I'm wrapping the whole thing up, my argument is. Your decision is either you keep Des Bryant or if you're going to get rid of Des Bryant, you go get yourself the best free agent wide receiver that's out there in Jarvis Landry. And and if you're not – to me, those are really the only two options. I don't think that you can count on a, on a rookie wide receiver necessarily right. to come in here and be what you want him to be for first. He might be better in future years, so I still think you draft him. You just can't count on him for this year. And if you get one that, that shows up this year, great, but you can't count on the fact that this year he's going to be – he's going to replace the production that Des has. With, with the, sorry, go ahead. I would do something, though, in free agency. I would do that type of – I'm not saying get the Eagles receiver, Alshon Jeffrey, but that type of – player can you do that with Allen robinson i don't know because of his injury last year i just i'm paying my starting quarterback a million dollars i'm gonna take advantage of that yeah i'll take advantage of it now it's gonna come back eventually what you better take advantage of 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 that fact right now well depends depends (laughs) on what he does if he balls out next year maybe you try to get a deal done early if he does i'm saying wins his deal up two more seasons more more years but i mean you can't you can't you can't have a a good year he had a pretty good year, but he, if he has a better year and they with Zeke back and they do better, who was there's, uh, there's no way you can just go in with fourth fourth round pick who franchise wasn't convinced about his deal. I don't, I'm trying to make a Kirk Cousins comparison yeah. here. <laughs> Is that a dumb deal to you guys? It doesn't make it any seemed sense. weird. To it me. doesn't make I any sense to me. It just says the Redskins knew behind closed doors that just Kirk Cousins absolutely did not want to play there, and so they were like this. This isn't great, but we got to do what we got to do to protect ourselves. But aren't there aren't there other options out there as far as veteran quarterbacks that'll be available this year that you could maybe, if you want to spend money on, you could spend money on. I mean, this is a 34 year old quarterback in Alex Smith, and you gave up, in my opinion, one of their best cornerbacks. If I was them, and a third round pick, it makes sense to me if you're going to have Alex Smith for a year or two and draft a guy. But to, I mean, they signed him to a four year deal extension today, so they got him five, five years. What are they of picking? Alex Smith. Like thirteen, I feel like you could maybe get Baker Mayfield. They need to get a running back. To me, Alex Smith is better in a balanced offense. You, you don't like Samadji Piran? No. <laughs> Just ask him. Do you like Big Rob? No, Bat Rob, Bat, Bat Rob. Rob, whatever, Mm-mm. same thing. I mean, Thompson's good, but I'm just saying they need a balanced offense that'll help Alex Smith. Oh, Thompson is good, really good. Yeah, he's good. He's a receiver. I mean, he's a little yeah. receiver back. But I, mean, they, I mean, the way they run their offense, I wouldn't be surprised in a couple of years if he's their primary guy because that is a pass-heavy offense. They could line up three wide. Offense with Kirk Cousins is it going to be a pass-heavy offense with Alex Smith? 
I'll tell you this, right now I don't think they're positioned to be a run-heavy offense, so if they're not going to be passive, what are they going to do? Well, yesterday I thought the Redskins are the worst uh, team in the NFC from the Cowboys' perspective, uh, you know, teams that you have to worry about. And today I think they're the worst team. I mean, I I think it's the same either way. You know, I'm not a big Kirk Cousins guy because he has never beaten the Cowboys. He's, but he's always been in a one-dimensional offense. I think if he finds a more balanced offense, yeah, that's good. All things being equal, like you know, if you're just assuming Cousins will play where you want him to, and like you're just taking all that out of the equation, I'd way rather have Kirk Cousins at 27 million than Alex Smith at 23. I agree with that's you. That's just me. I agree with you. Okay, let's get back to the question that Amber posed before the break, uh, as with regards to Des Brown. We've talked a lot about what our thoughts are and what we would like to see happen, but. Let's talk about the Cowboys. You guys know this team well. You know the the the, uh, the front office well. What do you expect that they're going to do with Des Bryant um, when it's all said and done? Well, I think when it's all said and done, I don't think Des is on the team next year. Wow. I don't. I mean, if I had to just guess, I don't. I'm not going to sit here and say that that's a better move. I'm really on the fence with it because I, I see all the points. But I, I think if you're asking what I think they will do, I think they will try to give a, uh, a pay cut. I think Dez has got too much pride for it. I don't think he said, you know what, cut me and see what happens. I think he's going to an NFC team uh, to, to face the Cowboys. And I think I think that would happen. But if I had to just guess, I think I don't think he's on the team. All right. Dave. The Joneses' comments at the Senior Bowl don't give me a lot of confidence that I'm right. And I mean, I've talked to plenty of other people who agree with Nick too. So I don't know when you, where there's smoke, there's fire. But I just I gotta see it to believe it. Maybe I should maybe I should be more cynical. I mean, this team cut Demarcus Ware and Tony Romo, so anything's possible. But these types of things, it just seems like there's always a lot of sound and fury signifying nothing. Like, I just, I think he's going to be here. Maybe they can, you know, if they draft a guy, maybe they can badger him into taking a pay cut or something. Maybe. But maybe that's the badgering has already started in the senior bowl. Yeah. yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. that, that's what those comments were. Yeah. But I think he'll be here one way or the other. Amber. Well, comments at the senior bowl. Yeah. It makes me kind of doubt. But at the end of the day, I think he'll just stay here I mean I find it hard to believe the Cowboys yeah they've made crazy moves like you just said Dave but at the same time it's like I have a feeling they make a bold move in the coaching staff I doubt they're gonna make a bold move uh, with this I don't know I just it'll be a a good headline it'll be a lot of news to talk about that but I don't think it's gonna happen I waffle every time I talk about this Today, my feeling is I, I think I agree with Dave that he's going to be here, but I think it's kind of a combination of what Nick's saying. I think they're going to ask him for pay cut, but I think the way that they're going to structure the new deal gives him a clear path to be able to make the money if he can get those numbers back up. And I think that will allow Dez to save face on this okay. because I think Dez will look at it as, okay, I'll show you that I can hit those numbers, and then we're going to talk some more after this season's Hold- done. And I think that's how he ends up staying here. We talked about this the other day. So Des Bryant obviously wants the football a lot. Yeah, you give him a incentive-based. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a good idea. Yeah, what happens when the Cowboys defeat the the Bears 28 to seven? Zeke has 180 all-purpose yards, and Dak, ha- I mean, and Des has four catches, 29 yards. How about two catches for 55-yard pass interference penalty down to the one that helped, but doesn't really show up on the stats. He's not hitting in incentive base, but Dez was a big part of things. Are you angry, Dez, at this point? What kind of Dez are you getting that now his money is tied to his numbers? Yeah. Did they win? 
They won the game. They won eight to seven. Yeah, they won. And we'll worry about it later. That's, no, no, no. I don't. Yeah, think, but but the wait, question is wait. the question is for there are there are some players there's Who's some players there's some players that you don't worry so much about whether they're happy or upset about whatever. Dez is one of those players as 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 Stephen talked about Senior Bowl. He can be volatile at times, and so do you get do you start to worry that now you're going to have angry Dez even in a locker room where maybe you're winning? If you go if you read between the lines on things that he said in 2016. I would suggest to you that he wasn't completely happy then. He, I mean, he finished with 50 catches yeah. and less than 1,000 yards. He ain't cool with that, but I think he's, He had just gotten paid. Now you're talking about his money. And now his money's tied to it. I like, think if, if the team is winning, I think, and he's you think such, he'll be all right. I think he's such a competitor, and it's wired to his personality. He might not be happy, but, but if the team is winning, I don't buy that he would not going to cause what make if, a bunch of noise. And I don't want to be crazy here, but what if the Cowboys were like a eight and eight, nine and seven type of team? Yeah. You know, we haven't seen that really around here. But yeah. let's say they're kind of back and forth. Yeah, we're getting team. crazy now. We're getting crazy with these. <laughs> yeah, scenarios. I'm not saying they're going to finish eight and eight or anything like that. <laughs> I hear you. I'm just saying I I think that's it's sounds good to make it incentive based, but well, that, this this is not a friendly offense for Dak to, I mean Des to throw up a lot. But if they're going to get him to cut his salary, they're going to have to make it incentive based. That's a part of it. Like yeah. there's they're not going to yeah. just say we're just cutting your salary outright. They're going to give him a way to be able to earn it back. That's that just seems like what you do in these Hope kind of so. situations where you have a veteran player, right? And that you know, money goes on the cap too. Yep. However un however happy or unhappy he is when DJ Moore's done having his thousand yard rookie breakout season, you can move on from Des next year. <laughs> but it's nice to have that security blanket. All right, real quick, we got about a minute. I need you guys to give me some Super Bowl predictions. Uh, New England Patriots face the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's start with you, Amber. Who wins the game? Patriots. They better. They, I hope so. Wow. <laughs> All right, Nick. I think the streak continues. Um, I think the Patriots win. I think the Eagles stay at zero. Uh, I think Cowboy fans will be more excited about that. Uh, and also, I just think that the Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, I think if they're playing, they win. Good year for the Eagles. That's, David. Not, that's not true, though. I mean, they've lost two. What? They've lost two of them. And I, I don't know, man. I feel dumb. I feel dumb going against the. I think Tom Brady's the best quarterback ever. And I, I mean, Bill Belichick's awesome. Everybody knows that. But you, uh, you better not say oh, no. They, don't even. How, don't how, be, how, how don't did, even say it out loud. How the Giants? How the Giants win those two? What they? What they have? Defensive front had a pretty nasty pass rush, didn't they? Yeah. I'm just saying, man. These Eagles. This Eagles front seven's gross in a good way, and. I don't trust Nick Foles, but may, if they can run the ball with Ajayi and Blount and you get a few sacks and maybe get a sack fumbler, I I just kind of feel like the Eagles might win this game. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but it's just kind of a You're fun. not the only person that's saying that. I've I, heard other people say it, and, it feels, and you're absolutely it's, right. Like it's not, And it's not it's not just like they have like this one badass end. They've got like eight guys who get yeah. after the passer. And when like, the Patriots have lost in the Super Bowl, it's been because the defensive front for the other team, the Giants, was appreciably better and they beat Brady up as long as it's has that you think the Cowboys have ever been a Super Bowl winning team's last loss hmm. like like it's a good question I don't they know lost to the Cowboys then they won the Super Bowl definitely wasn't a shutout yeah I know that game doesn't matter six but, nothing baby but it's like after that game you're still not looking at them like they're gonna go win. so Derek you're going for the Eagles too? Oh, I'm not going for the Eagles. Yeah, I, make no make, make no mistake about it. <laughs> I have never ever in my life rooted for the Patriots. I will be rooting for the Patriots. But who do you think's gonna win? Yeah. 
I think the Patriots ultimately win just because I still But you think believe, it's going to be close. I still believe Belichick is just so good. I just don't think the Eagles have enough to beat him. Yep. So that's that's kind of how I look at it. And that's that's probably the safe pick because you look at history and history says that that's usually what happens. So history we will also see. says the Eagles don't win Super Bowl. That's a good what point. Says. That's a great point. All right. We appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back next Wednesday. These guys will be back next Wednesday to talk more Cowboys football here on The Break. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys?